0: You're about to get lucky with the Bare Naked Money podcast, the show that gives you the naked truth about personal finance with your hosts, Josh Shelleck and Colin White, Portfolio Managers with WLWP Wealth Planners, IA Private Wealth.
1: Because we're always trying new things here at Bare Naked Money, Josh and I flew all the way to BC just to be together so we could shoot an episode in a new format. Let's see how it goes.
2: Yeah, well, we also wanted to live together for two weeks. We were missing each other. So here we are. That's right. So what are we talking about today, Colin?
1: Well, we have been asked to comment on gurus, 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 which is a fun word to say. So we thought about it for a little bit and tried to come up with a few different examples of types of gurus or things that people may lump into that category and see if we can have a conversation that's largely cautionary. Unpacked it's entirely cautionary (laughs) uh, because there's many different ways people say stupid things.
2: Yeah, that's right. So we have, I think a lot of examples of this to look through, but I'm just wondering where is my buy, buy, buy,
1: but I need that right here on the table. Well, it's funny you say that because um, when we first started this, I told Catherine, we were going to need our sound effects board all set up because well, Jim Cramer has been a little bit of an inspiration for me when it comes to show business as to how to how to make really, really boring things seem exciting. Yeah. You can't be a guru without a button. No, I need the several buttons and like a big charging bull that comes up the screen and stuff. So. Yeah. So one of the, one of the names, I guess, that came up in conversation with regards to gurus is Mr. Jim Kramer, who's famous for those who care. And in the finance world a little bit, he had a bit of a run in with John Stewart of the daily show a little ways back, which got a little bit of media play, but. He's largely held out and holds some cell phone as a bit of a guru. Have you watched any of his stuff lately, Josh? Are you in a position to comment on the veracity of his claims?
2: Well, it's not something that I watch frequently, but whenever it comes across my desk and maybe this should tell you something it's in a one or two minute clip mm. of most of the time, buy this, sell that, do this, act aggressively yell a lot i don't know what exactly that we're doing but it's always eye-catching it's always exciting it always makes you want to act on something and i think that's kind of what we're getting at here when we're painting a bit of a cautionary tale with this guru thing
1: well that's right because you know for us anything you can express in under 90 seconds that is a definitive yes or no yeah, either it's not worth anything or it's not the whole story because life is not made up of 90 second sound bites that you can actually use to run your life or make any material decisions,
2: in my opinion. Well, you just compare that with Dave. Yes. Dave, Dave our research analyst, and you can't get his lunch order of less than 90 seconds.
1: No, I mean, again, they, they in Dave's defense, because we do make fun of Dave. Well, we love Dave. Let's do, be clear. We do. Uh, the smartest people I know don't have any firm opinions because they're smart enough to understand that there's nuances and being definitive about predicting the future or predicting anything, you're going to look like a fool. And you know, if that matters to you, you're a little bit more careful if it doesn't matter to you. And again, if this, okay, less than one, okay. We're going to go are going to count these or not. Uh, the, the benefit of being a guru is if you're wrong, well, you just make another proclamation. You just move on to the next thing, you know, not that, oh, no, obviously this is going to happen next and you move to the next thing. So if you're being held accountable as we're held accountable, when we give advice, and we're going to be there a year to answer or a year later to answer to the advice. You no, know, that's a different ball game Then I need to be excited tonight. And that can be completely different tomorrow night. It'd be exciting with something else and also make a living.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the phrase that I would use for that is skin in the game. Yeah. When you're getting advice from somebody, you want them to have skin in the game. And there's a, a nice book by Nassim Taleb on skin in the game and why he, he picks on politicians a lot. Politicians make decisions without any skin in the game. And a lot of times those are bad decisions. Who knew? But if you have skin in the game, if, if you have a married interest to the advice that you're providing, it's more likely you're not going to nail every prediction or... or decision, but it's more likely that at least you're acting in the best interest of, of the advice receiver. Uh,
1: I I like when this happens so naturally, because this is an amazing segue into the next bullet point. Josh gave us bullet points to it from, by the way, so we can stay on track. Billionaire investors, billionaire investors have billions of dollars in the game (laughs) and they are sometimes up as gurus. Because they have skin in the game. Does that make them a good guru Josh? So they, they have billions of dollars in a game. Yeah. It, it may not be the game that they're talking
2: about with you. <laughs> That's the problem. Like, uh, well, the, the one that I pick on and I pick on him a lot. Uh, and he, he'd probably laugh at, at the fact that some peon like me picks on him. But Elon Musk is always out there tweeting about this, posting this, saying this, saying the other thing. And some of the times he does have legit skin in the game with what he's talking about, which is actually maybe a bad thing because he gets into trouble with the SEC sometimes. But sometimes he's tweeting about something that, who knows if he has any skin in the game, or if he does, maybe he's trying to encourage or manipulate the market in a way that's in his favor. You just, you're not really sure. I but Before I let you talk, Colin, my biggest issue with, with Billionaire, Investors or billionaires in general giving you financial advice is—you're not a billionaire. You're not a billionaire. I'm not a billionaire. You're not a billionaire. So why are we taking advice from them? Their financial circumstances are completely different than ours. They can really do whatever they want, and they'll still be millionaires.
1: Well, again, it's like taking dating advice from Brad Pitt, right? It's like or work advice from Sydney Crosby. No, like just you you shouldn't start there. But listen, more more interestingly, I guess, or, or more. The reason that people listen to them and the people, the reason that this gets repeated when they have an opinion is it's like, well, they're a billionaire, so they must know what they're talking about. Exactly. Well, wait, wait, they, they were spurred at least once and they maybe get lucky at least once, but to then give them credit to discuss pharmaceuticals or you know, any other topic that comes across the desk. No, they may or may not be smart in that just because they made a lot of money at one thing, doesn't put them in a position to comment on everything. And people defer to people who've had success too much. And the people who were talking, I mean, some of the tone deaf comments that had come out when Mr. Bezos stood up at the microphone after he came back from space, thanking all the workers at Amazon for making this possible. He didn't understand exactly how tone deaf that sounded, or that people would be upset at that. He thought he was being genuine. You know, so again, billionaires don't always have the best frame of reference when they're looking at or evaluating something. So again, to the extent that billionaire investors or billionaires in general, you know, are in the category of gurus, yeah, just a hard no.
2: Right. So, So, so let me ask you this. When you're trying to parse the advice from somebody reputable or knowledgeable or experienced with that of a guru. What do you look for when you're trying to determine? Is this so called guru advice that I'm receiving, or is this legitimate? Is this educational
1: for me? Well, you probably have a really good answer to this very complicated question you've given me. So I'm still going to take a crack at answering it, even though you got a better answer in your head. I don't. Oh, <laughs> wait. oh, oh okay. Thought you were setting me up. No, I ask questions because I need the answers. Well, the, for me, you know, my defense in the face of a lot of these things is just curiosity. Never taking anything at face value. If somebody says something, why, Oh, when, and if you keep digging, if it's something that has some, some validity to it, there's going to be some depth to it. If you dig into it and it's really just somebody's opinion, and it's not really backed by, you know, any kind of methodology and it doesn't have a track record. You know, these things could fall apart pretty quick. You know, it was like when Jim Kramer hits his button, bye, bye, bye. And the stock symbol flashes up on the screen. It's like, well, what's behind that? Well, the dividend is blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, so he's giving me one data point. Great. That's one data point. What other data points do you have? And if that's the only data point, if that was the whole thought, you know, yeah, you're a guru who's, you know, again, I are starting to flesh out the word. You're trying to make a living off of being entertaining. You're not really digging into anything and not giving anything of substance. And that's, in order to be an entertainment, in order to be an news personality, you have to be, and you have to be one side of the issue or the other to be excited. You know, so for me, I say, oh, whether the other layers are behind it. And, you know, have you discuss what if you're wrong? Like if my, if my thesis here is wrong, here's the downside. When I start to see a more fleshed out opinion that considers a downside, it starts to become, okay, maybe this is a little bit more meaningful. Uh, but you know, it, it, it is an art it's, you know, I know it when I see it, you know, it's it's, it's kind of the answer that springs to mind. Right. Given the time you just had, did you come up with a better answer?
2: Well, there's a couple things that you mentioned that I think are worth fleshing out a little bit. Um, The idea of considering the other side, we live in a world that is not black and white. It's not everything is going to be good, or everything is going to be bad. Everything is either buy or everything is a sell. So to go through the different scenarios, or kind of second guess yourself in some way, shape or form. I think if you're if you're coming to the table with a bit more pause, and not any absolute statements, then that should give you some peace of mind that again, somebody has actually thought about, well, what if I'm wrong, and, and those types of, of things. The other thing that you mentioned there is Somebody's making a living off of being a guru. And you talk about this all the time, what is the business model here? If the business model here, media outlet, for example, is getting eyeballs, Jim Cramer, getting likes or getting shares, then you should question what whether this advice is really true advice in your best interest, or if it's there to to collect a bunch of media attention. That to me is really important.
1: Well, again, yeah, and, and I think you probably use as a proxy, if you're finding it entertaining, <laughs> it's probably not good advice. Are you saying stop picking is not entertaining? Colin? I, I I don't know when you're going to come on side with this, Josh, but no, <laughs> I didn't <it's, it's>, <laughs> it shouldn't be entertaining in any way, shape or form. Because listen, when it comes to the gurus, they tend to be going for the soundbite on buy this, sell that. Well, you know, our first conversation with a client thought you should buy this, it's, Hey, what are you doing? Yeah. You got to start from some kind of uh, what you're trying to accomplish with your money. Many investments have a place in many different types of portfolios, but it's all in context. Yeah. And then the guru space context is irrelevant because this is bye, bye, bye. Yeah. So context is key, you know, because a lot of these things may work in a given situation, but to say that everybody should do something that's, that's. Uh, it's hardly ever true. Now, look what I did right there. I didn't say for sure it's never true. <laughs> I duplicated a little bit. Yeah. And I made it a little less entertaining and also kept myself out of hot water.
2: Good. We don't want you in a hot more, that's for sure. The next path that this naturally leads down to for me is those types of articles, 10 dividend stocks that you should buy now, five high growth companies that you should look at for your portfolio. Going back to what you just said, these are not taking into context any individual circumstances, any individual portfolio, any individual preferences, or anything else like that. It's just a sort of a blind list of recommendations that may or may not be appropriate for any individual that's out there.
1: And and the the reason that we know that it's, you know, consumed, like people read those lists, you know, you can see the readership but a, well, five or six years ago, I actually pulled one of the names that was that you know, was in the Globe for an article, and I just took a look at the trading pattern. You know, the average volume was a little tiny little average volume. And then the day of the article, then the volume shoots like way as a magnitude, like it's you know ten times, fifteen, twenty times the average daily volume for a day. And then the volume starts and the, and the spike and the price happens that day. And then the next day it went a little bit higher, and then it starts to fall as all the interest wanes away. And all of a sudden the stock settles in below the price it started at before the article and the trading volume goes back to where it was. Because you know, again, there's a whole bunch of things that go into picking a stock. And one is, you know, what's the average daily volume? You know, am I moving the price? Is the price moving because of the abnormal volume? Where did the volume come from? Oh, it coincided with the Sunday article in the paper. All right, that's that's just scaredy. That's that's not something that you can necessarily buy about unless you get a copy of the Sunday paper on Saturday. You know, and you're not going to be able to get far ahead of it. But you know, when people take and act on these things, if you get on that tree, you're on a train, and it's, it's not because it's a good investment per se, it may or may not be, I don't think that in one newspaper article that somebody would consume that's got any kind of readability to it, you're going to be able to draw enough information out of it to make a good conclusion that yeah, it should be entertainment. If you're reading the paper for entertainment, like how about it? If you're going to try to pick those, those 10 names just do yourself a favor and don't do it. The next time you see the article, go online and take a look at the trading volumes, watch the trading volumes over the next four or five days, watch how the price moves. And you'll begin to see how temporary some of these effects can be. Yeah.
2: Now, another one that I I found interesting with this whole guru thing is there's actually investment products that are out there now and that there have been in the past that focused entirely on the idea of a guru or a set of gurus, because anything the only thing better than one guru is multiple gurus so you saw a product come uh, I, I don't know how many years it was but ago but uh, from a, a financial mutual fund company here in canada that took the best ideas from all oil managers
1: yeah so that was Mackenzie funds they launched they called them the leader fund. you can actually go back and look this up so they're they had some real star managers back in the day. We're talking back in the days of Veronica Hirsch and Annie before Paul Musson, uh, Paul Musson's pre, there was, there was some really big names. they were all having a lot of success. So what's the better than having a bunch of people having a bunch of success, taking the best of all their successes, putting them together, getting more successes. so they gave a, a mandate that each manager got to pick five names. Now. I think it was a Canadian mandate even. So there was like the Canadian mandate at the time that we all fight over who got to pick Nortel because they all wanted Nortel at the time. But I remember standing just off stage, listening to the managers talk amongst themselves as they walk on stage, kind of giggling at what's next, they're going to give us all one pick. Because again, they're portfolio managers. They put together a basket of stocks with a weighted risk profile to them. And the whole premise of picking a name, like my favorite name is so ludicrous to them that it's, you know, it's, it's comical, I pretty sure the McKinsey leaders fund doesn't exist anymore. And if it does, it's certainly not getting any oxygen. Um, but again, it's, it, it, it gets completely away from the idea of what a good investment is and turns it into something that's interesting to talk about and not to take us off course, because this may be another podcast, but you, you were coming to me today with some ETFs of, like a meme ETF and stuff like that Yeah, people, people, people understand if you will buy it, we will build it. And by we, I mean the royal we, not we personally. You know, there's a financial company that will build anything you will buy. It doesn't have to be a good idea. There's no vetting process other than will somebody buy it? What was the other one? You can't, there was the MeVTF. Oh, there's Tholo. Yeah, the full ETF. ETF. Yeah. <laughs> so these, these are like
2: the anti-Guru ETFs because okay. they're like flavor of the day. What do we find on social media? That's not a guru thing, but, but the idea is the same. If you want it, we will build it.
1: Well, and this was, you know, we had the conversation also with some of the investment letters that have gone out that have been very popular. I probably should name them, but you know, they have a successful letter that a lot of people subscribe to and it's a good business model. And it's like, Ooh, well, let's launch an investment product based on these recommendations. Oh, that, that was a bad idea. Like 18 months later, it's like, oh, this isn't turning out at all. I think that product lasted less than two years. And it was based on a very successful letter that a lot of people you know, really read and relied on and thought was high quality. You know, but again, it didn't hold up to the test of time of actually running an investment process based on it. So
2: yeah, yeah. test of time, 18 months, <laughs> that's not too long. That's a pretty, pretty
1: yeah. quick fail. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I, I guess we could appreciate them for being decisive It's like, oh, this isn't working at all. Right? Because again, it is you know, the whole idea behind, you know, running investments is be boring, make money. Like it shouldn't be exciting. If you're consuming financial news for entertainment, oh man, tune into Jim Craver. He's great stay away from your trading account. Don't don't act on it. No, but like not on its own. Listen, if there's an idea that strikes you from one of these sources, and you verify it six other ways, and you do your own research. all right. well, maybe it was an idea generation thing. But to say like, well, that's 80% of my research, I heard it on this letter. Don't don't do that. Yeah,
2: throw out a bunch of guru picks all together and calling it a portfolio is a bit like taking the three mess spices from Japanese cuisine. The three best spices from Indian cuisine, the three best spices from Peruvian cuisine and calling it a, a cohesive ditch and something that is actually going to turn out good. Probably not going to work out okay for you. Yeah.
1: You know, that's an exceptional explanation, Josh. And, and I know that it comes partially from the week of living together, that this <laughs> is a top of nine for you, but that is an incredibly good, taking the three top spices from every culinary discipline and throwing them together and thinking you're going to get something good. Yeah, you have just as much chance of that working out. That's very well done. I, we have to end now. Like it's not going to get better than that. <laughs> we'll wrap it up there. Yeah, we'll wrap it up there. Well done, Josh.
0: This information has been prepared by White LeBlanc Wealth Planners, who is a portfolio manager for IA Private Wealth. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the portfolio manager only and do not necessarily reflect those of IA Private Wealth, Inc. iPrivate Wealth, Inc. is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. IA Private Wealth is a trademark and business name under which iPrivate Private Wealth, Inc. operates.
1: We've noticed something. It seems there are a lot of people who would rather try to figure out their lives with an online calculator than air your finances to a human. Stop doing that. You need to talk to someone who can help direct you, tell you where to start with what you've got to make the biggest impact on your future. You can't figure that out at doihavenoughcash.com, but you can figure it out by chatting with us. Call us, it'll be okay, you'll see.
0: The content of this presentation, including facts, views, opinions, recommendations, descriptions of, or references to, products or securities, is not to be used or construed as investment advice, as an offer to sell, or the solicitation of an offer to buy, or an endorsement, recommendation, or sponsorship of any entity or security cited. Although we endeavor to ensure its accuracy and cleanness, we assume no responsibility for any reliance upon it. This should not be construed to be legal or tax advice, as every client situation is different. This podcast has been prepared for information purposes only. The tax information provided in this podcast is general in nature, and each client should consult with their own tax advisor, accountant, and lawyer before pursuing any strategy described herein, as each client's individual circumstances are unique. We've endeavored to ensure the accuracy of the information provided at the time that it was written. However, should the information in this podcast be incorrect or incomplete, or should the law or its interpretation change after the date of this document, the advice provided may be incorrect or inappropriate. There should be no expectation that the information will be updated, supplemented, or revised, whether as a result of new information, changing circumstances, future events, or otherwise. We are not responsible for errors contained in this podcast, or to anyone who relies on the information contained in this podcast. Please consult your own legal and tax advisor.